Well, good morning, church. Let's sing together. Sing, open the eyes. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. You might know this one. Sing it out again. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. See you high to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and love as we sing, Holy, Holy, Holy. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord, open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you. Show us 
show us your glory, Lord. Come on, sing that again. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. One more time, show us. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory, Lord. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart. Filling every part of our brain. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart. Filling every part of our brain. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart. Filling every part of our brain. Show us. Sing it out to him this morning. Don't worry about who's next to you. Show us.
One final breath. One final breath he gave as heaven looked away. The Son of God was laid in darkness. A battle in the grave, a war on death was waged. The power of hell forever broken. The ground began to shake, the stone was rolled away. His perfect love could not be overcome. Now death, where is your sting? Our resurrected King has rendered you defeated. Forever He is glory. 
sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah lamb is overcome we sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah we sing hallelujah lamb is overcome is built. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest rain, but only trust in Jesus' name. Just keep it low, sing it out. Christ alone, cornerstone, and weak made strong in the Savior's love. And through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. How many know He's Lord of all this morning? Amen. Amen. Come on, when darkness. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high, in every high and stormy gale, my anchor
with trumpet sound. Oh, may I then in him be found, dressed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before the throne. Come on, what a day that will be. When every care, when every worry, when every sickness, when every fear, as we stand faultless in front of Jesus and he welcomes us home. I don't think anybody heard me this morning. I said when that sickness and that fear and that worry and that disease and everything you struggle with daily is gone and you're standing face to face with Jesus and he says, welcome home. We'll see our cornerstone face to face. And Christ alone, cornerstone, and weak made strong in the Savior's love. And through the storm, He is Lord, Lord of all. And Christ
soul. Just one more time, please. It is well with my soul. Peace in Jesus' name. It is well with my soul. Lord, for your peace, your peace that passes all understanding this morning, that when we take our last breath, it's well with our soul. We'll see Jesus face to face. Lord, if, if there's those of us in here have strayed, bring us back to you. anybody in this place that can't stand here and say when I take my last breath I know where I'm going I know I'll see Jesus that right now you'll speak to their heart and when they leave this place today they will be a completely changed person that they'll make the greatest decision ever in their life and the most important one to make Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their lives. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the resurrection as we're approaching that time of the season. And thank you that we can have the confidence to stand here and sing, It is well. what's chaos is going around us and rumors of war it is well with our soul that we know Jesus it is well with my soul it is well with my Amen. You can be seated. Look at somebody and say, I made it. Now, I'm going to be honest. I see some faces in the second service that I usually see in the first service, uh, but I'm not going to point anybody out. Um, how many people enjoyed losing that hour of sleep? Anybody enjoy that? 
How many people are glad that it's going to be daylight longer? Yeah, come on. How many people are done with the snow? Come on, I'm going to raise my hand too. You know, we, we have had a, uh, uh, a miracle this morning. I'm done. I told you last week, as soon as they settled uh, the baseball uh, labor dispute, that I would be ready for spring. Last week it happened, and uh, so now I'm ready for spring. I'm ready to bring on 70-degree weather, and uh, let's, uh, let's play some ball. Uh, so uh, the only thing I hated about this snowstorm was it happened at night. Did anybody stay up and watch it snow? Nobody? One? All right, that's good. Uh, I would pick my head out every now and then. I love watching it snow under the light. Uh, we have a, a light in the corner of our yard, and I love watching uh, the snow uh, come down. Now, I didn't stay up and watch all of it. I got up the next morning to uh, amazement that it really did it. And uh, so we're glad that you're here. We're glad that you uh, survived uh, the snow and the ice and uh, that you survived the cold this morning. And um, we're glad you're here. I want to make you aware of just a couple of things that, that we have going on. Uh, one in, uh, thing that's happening next Sunday evening. Uh, next Sunday evening, we're going to have a, um, a service that's going to be, to be led by our youth. Uh, we have, um, uh, we have a, our junior church, junior kids church, I guess it would be. Um, they have been practicing, and, and there's a competition every year in Lexington or every other year in Lexington. And uh, they're going down Saturday to, uh, to compete in that competition. And it's uh, uh, just a, a good time for the kids to be able to get together, to use their talents for God. And uh, they have a, a bunch of stuff that they do during this time. And uh, so next Sunday night, uh, we're going to allow them to, uh, to do that. And then our youth is going to, uh, to lead us in worship. And uh, so I would pray that uh, you would come out and support our teens, support our, our, our kids' church. That's going to be at 630 it's going to start at 6.30, and um, we are looking forward to... Uh, there's nothing better than seeing kids use their talents for God. And uh, we, we love every time that we get to do that, and we're excited about that. I want to thank you for being here once again. If you notice on the back of the pew in front of you, there is a QR code. Uh, for those of you who are new, um, that's not to bring up a menu. Uh, so that you can uh, select, you know, what I'm going to preach on or anything like that. What that'll do is it'll take you to the Gateway Church lobby. And uh, in that lobby, you can do all kinds of things. Uh, you can let us know that you're here. If you're a regular, you can check in. Uh, if you are a guest, you can uh, just select I'm a guest and or I'm new. And it will have you answer two or three questions just to give us a little basic information uh, and allow us to thank you for being here. If you're a guest, please stop by uh, guest services in the lobby. When you uh, leave here, we've got a gift for you. Uh, from that, you can also give prayer requests. Anything that you need to do, uh, you can do from that uh, website. And you can find that using the QR code by, with your camera on the back of your pew. And um, you can also give there. And uh, let me take just a moment to say thank you for your giving. Uh, we, um, we're able to do so much, uh, and it's only through your generosity. Uh, we're able to, uh, we, we look back every year, we look back at what we did in the previous year and who we were able to bless, and, and we always say we want to be able to do more this year. And uh, last year we did all kinds of things, Thanksgiving, Christmas, back to school, uh, all of these things. Uh, and we can only do that and only continue doing that because of your faithfulness. And uh, we want to thank you for your faithfulness and thank you for uh, supporting and joining and, and partnering with us to be able to reach this community around us. We believe that God put us here in this building, in this community for a reason and for a purpose. And it's because all around us there are people who are in need of uh, help, who are in need of knowing that, that God loves them, in need of knowing that there's a church that loves them and people that love them. And uh, we're able to do that just through your generosity. Uh, I want to take just a moment just to, to bless 
the finances and bless everything that, and, and that God will continue to use us, that, that what we have come in that we can use to reach people. And uh, thank you for your faithfulness. Father, I come before you this morning. God, I'm so thankful for uh, your faithfulness to us. And God, as, as we just give back to you a portion of what you've blessed us with, uh, God, I pray that you will allow us to, to continue to reach out to the community around us. God, that we'll be able to do things and do even more in the coming years uh, so that we will be able to reach out to those who are hurting, those who are lost, who, those who need to know of your saving power. God, let us be your hands and your feet as we do that. God, I thank you and I pray that, that you will continue to bless us. And God, as we continue to bless you, in Jesus' name, amen. We are in a uh, seven-part series. Uh, this is the third week of a seven-part series, and we're talking about the words of Jesus, words that we can live by. This series will take us up through uh, Palm Sunday and uh, the Sunday before Easter. Uh, and uh, we're taking the seven statements that Jesus made when he was hanging on the cross. Uh, those are spread across the Gospels. You can't find them all in one Gospel. Uh, but when you can uh, look at the harmony of the Gospels, you can find all seven statements. And what we've done is, is, as we understand and realize, a lot of times we go through the Bible, and, and a lot of us have what we call red-letter edition Bibles. Uh, for those of you who know, do not know, that's just a Bible that every time that Jesus spoke, it's written in red. So when you see that, you think, hey, these are words that I should live by. These are words that come from the Father. And a lot of times we, we look at those and we fail to realize that, that Jesus didn't quit talking when he went to the cross. Uh, when he went to the cross, there were seven statements that he made. And, and we're looking at and learning how Jesus, we can take those statements and turn them into life lessons. Uh, the Bible tells us in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, which has been our key verse, it says, Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it. Because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in, in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So here we have this passage of scripture that Paul was telling us, we need to look to Jesus. We need to, to keep our eyes on him because we need to, to learn how he did it. We need to take the things that he said and the way that he lived and we need to turn them into life lessons. And so that's what we're doing with this series. Uh, we looked at the first week, the first thing that Jesus said when he was lifted up on the cross, uh, when that cross was put down into the hole, there Jesus is uh, hanging, He's bleeding, he's in pain, he's going through something that he didn't deserve. And the first thing that he said in that moment, 
As all the people were gathered around, hurling insults at him and, and, and mocking him and, and watching him bleed, and, and the first thing that he said was, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. And I believe that the reason that that was the very first thing that Jesus said was because he understood and realized that if he didn't get that bitterness or didn't have forgiveness in his heart, that he would never be able to finish. He would never be able to accomplish that which he was called to do. It's such an important step in our lives because we all, have things that build up and, and, and unforgiveness that build up in our heart and bitterness. And you have to let it go. Uh, because if you don't, you'll never be able to accomplish everything that Christ has called you to do. Last week, we talked about how that, that Jesus, when he was hanging there on the cross, uh, if you know about the crucifixion, Jesus wasn't the only one that was being crucified that day. Uh, there was someone on his right and someone on his left. There were two other people who were having bad days that coincided with the day that Jesus was having. And in Luke, we learned that that, that Jesus was willing to help the one that cried out for help. Here Jesus is. He's in the middle of his own struggle. And he realizes that there's someone beside him that's going through the same thing, the same crucifixion that he's going through, But they're crying out for help. And Jesus, in the middle of his own struggle, he realizes that. And he speaks to that person. And he gives him the help and the peace and the comfort that he's looking for. There's so many people around us, even when we're having our bad day, there's so many people around us who are crying out, I need help. And it's so easy for us to to just focus on ourselves. It's so easy for us to say, I don't have time to to help you because I've got my own issues. But Jesus gave us a life lesson that day when he says, even though I was going through something, someone cried out for help and I helped them. Today we're going to to look at the words of Jesus, a statement that's found in the book of John. Uh, it's only found in the book of John, and, and I believe it's because uh, the John wrote the book of John. And this story includes John. That's a lot of Johns, isn't it? But we believe that he recorded this because it was important to him. It was something that, that spoke directly to him. In, in John chapter 19, it says, But standing by the cross of Jesus, where his mother and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clophis, And Mary Magdalene, when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. So here it tells us that there's just a a small group of followers, a small group of of Jesus' family and and, and a couple of followers that had followed him to the cross. Now we know and and realize that that, that the cross wasn't a safe place to be. This wasn't a good time for for people to realize that you were connected with Jesus. We know the story of of Peter. He didn't want anyone to know that, that he knew Jesus because it was such a dangerous place to be. But here they are at the foot of the cross. They're putting their life in danger. And in that moment, while Jesus is hanging on that tree, he's hanging on that cross. 
he notices. And he puts the focus on those who were there near the cross. Now to me, this is just an amazing statement that Jesus makes. It's amazing to me, thinking about the situation, realizing that, that, that he had been arrested, he had been betrayed, he had went through six mock trials that were illegal through the middle of the night, he had been beaten, he had been jabbed in the side, he had had a crown of thorns placed on his head, he had nails driven through his hands and through his feet, and here he is on the cross suffering all of this pain, all of the trauma, all of the humiliation. He's been stripped of his garment. In that moment, he has the heart to notice and to be concerned about those at the foot of the cross. He has the heart to notice his mom standing there. He looks past all of the things that are going on in his life. And in that moment, we realize that he's not worried about his future. He's worried about theirs. Now, the reason that I find this so amazing is because me personally, if I'm in pain, if I'm going through something, I want the focus to be all on me. Is anybody like that? Nobody? Just me? Now, listen, I saw about four wives elbow your husband. And if you didn't, wives, you wanted to. I want the focus to be all on me. If I'm sick, I want everybody to know it. If I'm sick, I'm, I'm actually, I'm almost daring anyone. Anybody else, nobody else can be sick while I'm sick. When I had COVID, my worst fear was my wife was going to come down with it at the same time. Because I was scared to death that the focus wouldn't be on me anymore. When I'm sick or I'm going through something, I, I want, I'm selfish. When I go through pain, I'm, I'm selfish. Most people honestly are this way, whether you want to admit it or not. But in that moment, we realize that Jesus wasn't. In that moment, Jesus is offering hope and he's offering healing to his mom and to those closest to him. He's concerned about them. And when you see Jesus in this moment, it, it can teach us something about the way that we should live our lives. And that brings us to what we're going to look at today. Be sure you have taken care of those near you. Be sure that you have taken care of those near you. Many people wound those. Most of the time we wound those who we love when we're going through pain. Because when we're going through pain, when we're going through trauma, we try to transfer that or we want to transfer that to other people. If we have a bad day, actually, let me say it this way, when we have a bad day, because we're all going to have a bad day, I can promise you, all of us, we're going to have a bad day. You may be five or you may be 85. You still have the same ability to have the bad day. Now, at five, it may look a lot different than it does at 85. The pain or the, or the hurt may be different, but it's still real. Uh, we could all go down and list the things that have taken place in our lives that have led to bad days. 
And for many people, when you're having those bad days, many people want to make sure that everyone around them share in that pain. You don't want to be selfish, right? You want to make sure everybody can feel it. You're just waiting. You, you get in the car and you are hoping somebody cuts you off. You're just praying, God, let, let, let somebody do it today. I've got my hand on the horn and I'm ready to go. You're hoping someone crosses your path because you are, you're hoping that coworker comes to you just that one more time. And it's going to be it, baby. The straw that broke, broke the camel's back. You want to give somebody a piece of your mind because you're going through something and you want to make sure everybody knows and that they experience that same pain. And the truth of the matter is it really doesn't matter if it's a stranger or if it's a family member. As a matter of fact, sometimes we are more apt to wound family members, people that we love, people that we have relationship with. Because we just want to get that pain off of us. We want to, make, to give it to someone else. And when this happens, it, it, it affects your family. It affects your relationships. It's just a bad deal. But we need to realize that in those moments, there's a God there to help us. There's a God there that gives us what we need to do. He gives us everything that we need. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 says, His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. He says, everything that you need, everything that you need to live a life pleasing to God has been given to you. Jesus made a way for us to, to have everything that we need and we can look to him and we can know that everything that we need for the life that we're facing, he's given us. We can look at him and know that we can live life for God and it comes from God. We can live life saying, I want to be a blessing to others. In my bad day, in my bad season, I want to care about those who are near me. In my bad day or in my bad season, I don't want that to transfer that pain or that trauma on those I care about. You say, well, how can I keep from doing that? There's four things that we need to do. Four things we need to do that, so that we don't take it out on everyone else. The first thing we have to do is we have to identify the real problem. Identify the real problem. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12 says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. When we are in the middle of a bad day or a bad season, we have to understand what's really going on. This verse of Scripture tells us that we have an enemy that we're fighting. We have an enemy that's trying to destroy us. He's trying to destroy our family. He's trying to destroy our relationships. He's trying to divide us. He's trying to take us out. That's what's really going on. And we have to remember, we have to take a step back and we have to identify what the real problem is. 
You see, when we have problems, when we're in the middle of a, of a situation, in the middle of a bad day, it's easy to lose sight of the real issue. It's easy to make blanket statements. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Let me put it this way. If you have a, a child and you let him or them pick where to eat six out of seven days, and you've, ate, you've had McDonald's six days in a row, and on that seventh day, you're thinking, I can't eat another Happy Meal. I can't eat another Big Mac. That special sauce, I just can't handle it today. We're going over here. Your kid gets upset. And they say, I never get what I want to eat. Now, for six out of seven days, you've let them have what they want. But the minute that they don't get it, they start making blanket, blanket statements. You've done it. You say, well, you always do that, or you never do that. We have to identify what the real problem is. We can't just take everything and lump it all together. We have to isolate it. You might be having issues at work. You might be having problems there. But the problem has nothing to do with your spouse or your kids. I tell people all the time, leave your work at work. Don't bring it home. Because what happens is, is, is when you're going through something, you take your eyes off what the real problem is. You forget that, that, that we're all on the same team. We're all fighting for the same thing. And you begin to transfer that, those feelings and, and that trauma to the people who you love. Identify what the real problem is. Second, you have to avoid the pity party. How many people like them a good pity party? Come on, man, wake up. I know, thank you, thank you. We'll call all you bunch of liars to the altar. We all like pity parties. You know, you've seen the song, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to. And we get into situations and, 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 and I've been to a lot of part, pity parties and actually I've thrown a lot too. Because they're fun, aren't they? It's, it's, it's my party. It just feels good. It feels good to sit and mope. They're actually not fun. They're not good for you. They're deadly. It's one party that you don't want to throw. It's one party that you shouldn't go to. It's one party that needs to be shut down immediately. Listen, I understand pain is real. I understand that, that life is tough. Many of you are, are sitting or listening today that you're in a season right now. And you think, well, pastor, it's easy for you to say because you don't know what I'm going through. You may be sitting there and, and really maybe no one knows what you're going through, but I can tell you who does. God does. And, and there's a powerful verse that he's given us in 1 Peter chapter 5. And it says, casting all your anxieties on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He's the only one that you can truly cast it on. You see, we, we walk around and, and we throw ourselves pity parties and we think nobody's got it as bad as us and, and we carry. And even though it's bad, we hold on to those cares and, and they end up destroying us. They end up choking the life out of us. That thing will just, all of a sudden, it will just spring up. And it chokes the life. Jesus uh, talked about it in the parable of the sower in Matthew chapter 13. 
And here in 1 Peter, he's saying, listen, don't hang on to them. Uh, That word casting, it, it actually means to violently hurl, not vomit. To violently throw Casting like you would do, uh, I think you do a fishing rod that way, right? Somebody, some fisherman help me. Not, my form's not real good. Never been fishing. Um, he says, quit feeding it. Because when you do, it's going to end up choking out the word of God in your life. When you do, you lose sight of the word of God when it says there's grace and you think there's no grace. You lose sight of the word of God that says there's healing and you think there's no healing. You lose sight of the word of God that says there's hope and you believe there's no hope. Why is that? It's because you've allowed those things and you've held on to them and they've choked out the word of God. The word of God that's supposed to give you life. We aren't designed to to carry every pain. We aren't designed to carry every hurt. We're not designed to, to, to face every challenge alone. He says, give it to me. Give it to me. Don't carry it around. Give it to me. But we sit around and dwell on it. Think about it. 24-7. He said, don't do it. Thirdly, we have to live a connected life. Live a connected life. We've all been there. We've had a bad day at work or something's happened or, or we had a bill come up unexpectedly or, or, or something just didn't go the way that, that we thought it should. And we come home and we're hoping we can sneak in the back door and that the, the family won't see us and we can just go and isolate ourselves. Or we get upset and we get in the car and, and we just start to drive and, and we've decided that we'll make the decision if we're coming back or not somewhere down the road. And we begin to to isolate ourselves from the ones we love. You have to stay connected. Whether it's to your physical family or whether it's to your faith family, you have to stay connected. Jesus is in the middle of his pain. But in the middle of his pain, he looks out, he sees the people that he cares about. He knows that his death could have a very adverse effect on their life. And he says, I don't want it to happen. The trauma that I'm going through, I don't want it to spill over to you. Jesus is in pain, but he's putting people together. A lot of times when we're in a bad season, we we shut people out. We become cold. We stop communication. In this moment, he's saying, Mom and John, you need each other. Mom and John, you have to have each other. You need each other to to, to care for each other. He's bringing them together. Now, I love vacations. I love family time. There's nothing like being able to just get away with your family and with friends. But notice in this moment, When Jesus brings them together, this moment takes place at the foot of the cross. This moment takes place right there. And there's no better way to bring family together, to bring relationships together than connecting with God together.
That's one of our passions here. Get connected. Get planted in God's house. Not only connecting to your natural family, but to to your faith family. Why? Because there's comfort in community. Uh, We talked about it last week. When you're alone, you think I'm the only one. When you're alone, you think I'm the woe is me. I'm the only one going through this. But then when you get connected, when you begin to to communicate with those people that you love, you realize, hey, wait a minute. There's other people who are struggling too. You realize, hey, I'm not the only one. You find people that have come through some pain and, and God has made the difference. It's so important to stay connected. It's so important to stay connected with people and connect through God. Acts chapter 10, verse 1 through 3 says, There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a, uh, was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God. He was always helping people in need and had the habit of prayer. He said, it says he had led everyone in his household. They had been connected to each other. They were living as a family, a generous life, and they were praying every day. Their family was connected. Your family needs to be connected at the foot of the cross. You need to be connected to each other through God. Every day praying. Every day coming together. His family was brought together at the foot of the cross in the middle of his pain. Fourthly, we have to learn to look to the sun. Look to the sun. We started with Hebrews chapter 12 when he talks about keeping your eyes on Jesus and, and learning how he did it. We know that he's the author and the finisher of our faith. We know that there's, there's hope and there's healing when we look to Jesus. We know that when we look to our Savior, that's where our hope is. The problem is, is that when we're going through a bad day or we're going through a bad season, we tend to look at everything else, everyone else. There's so many things that that we try to do on our own. There's so many ways that, that we try to fix it. And Jesus is saying, put me first. Look to me. Look to the Son. Let's be honest. When we're going through things, most of the time, the first thing we do is we look at ourselves. How can I fix this? And then if we can't fix it, we look to to other people. Well, how can you fix it? But when in all actuality, we have to look to the sun first. Over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to share a couple of personal stories that have shaped who I am. Some Some of you may heard them. Some of you may have not. But I always say that there's purpose in our pain and that we go through everything for a reason. And everything that we go through shapes us and helps us become who we are. So today today I want to finish and end by sharing a a story. In June of last year, my family experienced something that didn't seem fair. Uh, My mom came down with COVID. 
it wrecked her body. She was in, in SICU. Every day was a roller coaster. Uh, one day they say she's doing better and we're going to take her off the BiPAP. And, and the next day they're saying uh, she's doing worse and, and, and talking about the vent. So every day we're going through this. And, and there was a Monday that she seemed to be feeling some better. She had sent us a text message. They had taken her off the BiPAP. They had put her on a high-nose cannula. And, and uh, so she was able to, to um, be a little bit more free. And she said, hey, you know, bring me my glasses and I want to be able to read my Bible. She said, bring me my phone charger because I burnt this one up using it so much. She said, bring me some anything else besides this hospital food. So it was my day to go to the hospital. So we got it all together. I was the one who was going to deliver it. I got there. Uh, me and my sister had went and got a cup of coffee before and, and I went back to the house, got the car drove up and got there. I signed in, went up to the fourth floor. And um, when I got there, they said, you're going to have to wait in the waiting room. About 30 minutes, 40 minutes had passed and, and they came out and one of the nurses said, you can come back now. And I started walking down this hallway and, and she's walking in front of me and she turns around and she says, at 11.57, your mom coded. And um, we don't know what happened. We've had to put her on a vent. That was three minutes before I was supposed to get in to see her. So here I was all alone. I'm walking down this hallway. I'm the only one connected to my mom in the outside world that knew what had just taken place. My first response was disbelief. We just talked to her an hour ago. What do you, what do you mean? Then there was some anger. There was a lot of fear. So as I walked down the hallway, I began to talk to the doctors and the nurses, and, and I'm asking, hey, you know, what's going on? What do you mean? What's happened? And, and, and they didn't have any answers. We don't know. And I began thinking, what am I going to do? I knew that it was going to be my responsibility because I was the only one that knew. I was going to have to call my sister. I was going to have to call my dad. I was going to have to call my wife. One of the nurses came out and she just flat out told me, I've been doing this for a long time. And what happened to your mom just now, there's very minimal chance, almost none, that she'll recover. And so I'm walking down and I walk down and I, I look in the, the glass and I can see people surrounding her bed and, and, and it's just almost more than I can handle so I turn around and I walk back down the hallway and, and I'm so weak I just fall to my knees. And so here, here I am in the, the SICU, the corner of the hallway, people passing by me and, and I'm in a corner just like that corner right there. I wasn't in a good place. And I cried out to God. I said, what am I going to do? In that moment, I knew that the doctors, that the nurses that myself, they had no answers. And I also knew that there was absolutely no way that I could handle this on my own. And so as I knelt in that hallway, crying out to God, I had all these questions running through my mind. Why is this happening? God, I know this can't be your will. 
What am I going to do? And as I was there, I felt the Spirit speak to me. And He said, look to me. And then He said, I give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. And man, that was me. Because I was weak and I was powerless. He said, look to me. And when he said that, I felt a strength that I knew wasn't my own strength. Was the pain gone? Absolutely not. Did God make it all better? No, not in my mind. But what he did do was, was he gave me the strength to endure. And through his strength, I was able to get to my feet. I was able to to make a phone call. I was able to call my family and and tell them. Now, during that week that followed, that horrendous, horrific day, the week that followed, every morning I woke up, I still felt powerless. That one, looking to him one time, didn't fix everything. And every day that I woke up, I went through and found the scripture. And it's in Isaiah 40, 29. And every day I told God, I said, God, you promised that you would give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Every morning when I woke up, I said, God, I give it to you. A little over nine months later, every morning when I wake up, I tell God, you promised that you'd give power to the weak and strength to the powerless. God, I give it to you. And every day, he gives me a supernatural strength. Do I still have bad days? Yes. But there's a lot of times that we take Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. It's a very familiar passage of Scripture. And a lot of times, we just look at the first five words. that says, I can do all things. But we forget the last six words. that says, through Christ who gives me strength. You can't do anything without him. You can't get through your bad day without him. You can't get through your situation without him. It doesn't matter how smart you are. It doesn't matter everything that you know. It doesn't matter who you know. It's only him. In that moment, I realized that I have to look to him. You say, well, you should have known that. You're a pastor. Listen, sometimes it's easy to lose sight of where our power comes from. Since June of last year, every day, I look to him. So often when bad days happen, it tears the family apart. So many times when bad days happen, you begin to blame each other, and well, you should have, or I could have, or you could have. Or... Bad days need to bring you together. And realize that you're fighting the same fight. You're serving the same God. 
You could be sitting here today and, and you might be in the middle of a tough season. You might be in the middle of a tough season that's affecting every aspect of your life. You've allowed it to affect your, your family. You've allowed it to affect your relationships with people and with God. You've allowed this bad season to spill over into all areas of your life. This bad season is actually dictating to you what your day is going to look like. If that's the case, I'm begging you today, four things. Four things. Identify the real problem. Identify the real problem. Avoid the pity party. Live a connected life. Look to the sun. Could you put those on the screen for me? I want them to see it. Identify the real problem. Avoid the pity party. Live a connected life. And look to the sun. When we begin to do that, things will change. When we begin to to see that in life, things will change. When we realize that, that we have an enemy that's fighting against us. The problem is not your worker, your co-worker. It's not your boss. It's not your spouse. It's the enemy. He's trying to take you out. He's trying to destroy you. Realize that you can't dwell on it. You can't sit around and and linger and think about it and you need to give it to God. Don't isolate yourself. Live a connected life. And last, most importantly, look to the sun. I'm going to ask you to stand right where you are. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm in a bad season. I'm in a bad state. I'm going through some things that I don't understand. Some things that have really messed me up. They've caused me to disconnect from people. They've caused me to uh, not allow God to really work in my life. They've caused me to, to shut everyone out. Taking it out on everyone else. I want you to know that God sees right where you are. And he's saying, don't carry it around. Give it to me. He's saying, the battle's not yours. It's mine. He's saying, look to me. Don't run everyone where else. Don't run away. Sometimes we think that's the easiest way is to run. And we run from him and not to him. So no matter where you are today and no matter what you're going through, you may be standing there and you may be the only person that knows the hurt, the pain, the trauma that you're experiencing right now. I said it before, but I'll say it again, God knows. 
He wants to heal. He wants to give you freedom. But only you have the power to give it to Him. If I could look around this room today and know what some of you are going through, I would love to be able to just come and to take it and, and, and to throw it to God. Leave it at His feet, but I can't. All I can do is tell you through personal experience what a difference it made in my life. But I can't do it for you. But I can promise you that if you'll do it, you could leave here freer than you were when you came in. You may be here and you may not know Christ. You may say, I don't know this Christ that you're talking about. The one that tells me I could cast my care on him. As Pastor Nick said, it's as simple as asking him to come into your life to forgive you. To be the Lord and Savior. To lead and guide and direct you. It's that simple. And then all those things you just you give to him. You say, I'm not going to carry him anymore. With every head bowed, would there be someone here today that just says, Pastor, that's me. I'm not going to thank you. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. That's me. And by doing that, what you're saying is, is I can't carry this alone. I can't carry it alone. By doing that, you're allowing, thank you, thank you. You're allowing me to know, and more importantly, you're allowing God to know, I'm, I want to give this to you. Just in a moment, we're going to pray. And as I begin to pray, if you would want someone to agree with you in prayer, to physically stand by you, then I'm going to ask you to walk down to this altar. We don't always give an altar call like this, but I believe today that there are some people that need to know that you're not alone. You say, well, I, I, you won't regret it. So if that's you, you can walk. We're going to pray with you. As I begin to pray, I believe God's going to do some things today. You're going to leave here different. You're going to leave here different. Father, I come before you today. Father, you see every hurt, every pain, every situation. God, you see what we're all going through. God, we understand and we know that you have never promised us that life would be easy. But God, you did promise us that you would never leave us, that you would never forsake us, that you would walk with us every step of the way. And God, Father, I, I give it to you today. God, for all of those here that are, that are struggling, that are going through situations, God, allow us to see and to know and to realize that we cannot do it on our own. Father, give us uh, the ability to just let it go. Father, we give it to you this morning. God, you see every hurt. You see every situation.
that God is yours. We give it to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. We give it to you because you are able. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. God, we give it to you. Right where you are, whatever your situation is, as Nick begins to sing, I'm going to to, to plead with you, give it to God. Don't leave here with it. Leave here knowing that he's got you. Christ alone, cornerstone, and weak made strong in the Savior's love and through the storm. to the sun your problems don't seem so big when you look to him you know that he's bigger than anything that you're facing or anything that you're up against and I pray that God spoke to you today and I pray that you leave here knowing that you don't have to face it or fight it alone Don't take it out on other people. Connect with your family and with your faith family and allow them to know that you're depending on them and you're depending on God. We love you. Thank you for being here. Uh, If God did something in your life, find somebody and let them know. 
He says we are overcomers by the word of our testimony. If you need prayer, find somebody and let them know that they can be praying for you. Have a great week. Don't forget life groups. Uh, We have one about every night. You can see those on the blackboard outside or downstairs in the cafe. Have a great Sunday.